The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. All right. Welcome to another episode. I think this is our fifth live show, but our fourth guest. And we have, I think, our youngest guest to come on the show yet, but we'll uh, see what Vash has to say in a minute. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you are listening on your favorite directory, be sure to uh, leave us a five-star review whenever you can. And if you're watching on YouTube, um, subscribe and uh, hit the like button to allow us to keep bringing the kind of guests and the quality of the shows that we um, keep bringing you. So let's get on with today's uh, episode. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Vash Tomani here. I'm 25-year-old serial entrepreneur who went from delivering food for Uber Eats just three years ago making millions of dollars with his three companies and in this episode i want to show you what's possible and how you can start making changes today that will result in you getting to your dream life all right let's get going with the show uh today i have uh as a guest to join us from prague the other side of the world which is really cool this is an international live episode um vash tomanek is a 25 year old serial entrepreneur who has built three successful seven-figure businesses, all, I believe, in the span of about three years. So we're going to talk about those. His latest venture, Mindrepreneur, uh, Vash is on a mission to help one million entrepreneurs transform their businesses and live, live more fulfilled and joyous lives by mastering their mindset. Vash, thanks for joining me uh, from the other side of the world. Oh, thank you, Mitch, for having me. Good. 
Um, all right. So why don't you tell your story? Now, when you and I were talking off um, off camera that you've only been doing this like three or four years. So, um, and, you know, you graduated school and you're 25. So maybe we can go back a little bit about your history as an entrepreneur. You know, when you were younger, as a teenager, the things you did, what got you interested in, you know, being your own boss and so forth, and then how you progress. We'll talk about the two other companies that I believe you still have, or one you said you were sold or selling, and uh, and then your coaching business that you're running, um, Entrepreneur Now. Does that sound like a good track to to run on? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So let's start with my story a little bit. Yeah. So basically, I come from the Czech Republic. Uh, my parents are normal employees. Uh, I've never been exposed to entrepreneurship, so I just knew that I will follow the usual path. I will go to primary, secondary school, high school, right. university, and that get, get a, a corporate job. That's yeah. you know, that's what I was. That was the path I was destined for until, as you said, accidental entrepreneur. At the age of seventeen, eighteen, I came across a book called "The Rich Dad Poor Dad" that yeah. many listeners, the I believe, is. know. Yeah, and that opened. M- my mind to what is possible, Mitch, because back then I was living in this box and I knew, okay, this is possible. This is doable. This is not possible. This is not doable. Right. But as I read the book, the box got so big. It was almost like, wow, there's totally different world of opportunities out there. Yeah. And so I made the promise to myself that I will set up a business one day, that I'm going to be one day entrepreneur. But I believe a lot of people do that. Yeah. And then they go back to their nine to five or they go back to doing the business as usual. Yeah. And basically nothing is changing in their life. And the same was for me. So I started university year one, year two. I'm kind of reading books. I'm trying to improve. But it was nothing major because I thought to start a business, I need a lot of capital right. and I need a big idea. And I didn't have any of that. Right. <laughs> and... So what happened is year one, year two, studying university, getting grades uh, to support myself financially, I was delivering food for Uber Eats. So every day after school, I would go sit on my bike and deliver McDonald's, KFC, these type of things. Yes, exactly. And so where was the turning point for me, Mage, was basically I started talking with the other guys working for Uber Eats. And they were much older, 30s, 40s, somebody even in their 50s. And I just saw, yeah, yeah, I saw the misery. You know, I saw how they can't provide their families what they want. These guys can't take jobs, right? These guys worked, yeah, had other jobs. This was like extra money because they weren't making enough money at work and, right? Exactly. So basically now, most of the day they are at work, they are barely making money to take them once a a year holiday. They are unhappy, unfulfilled, complaining. And in that moment, I was something must change. You know, no more. You want to be these guys, This needs to end. Exactly. Yeah. And... And that was basically the turning point that lit the fire inside of me. The fire that was kind of waiting right. there. And now I was like, okay, I must change. But for you, it's a good and, time, right? Because you're young. You don't have a family. You probably didn't have bills. Maybe you were living home or at school. So these guys had all kinds of financial – they do have all kinds of financial pressures. They're working at night to make extra money to pay their bills, take care of their family yeah. or whatever. So you, it was a good time for you. But a little lucky, though, because a lot of people don't – you know, get to that, that early on in their life. We, like you said, you go the traditional route, right? Because that's all your parents knew. 
That's all the your yeah. grandparents knew. They went to school or they didn't go to school and they went to work and that's all you did. But I think, you know, maybe you got because a lot of people they don't realize it till they're 35 or 40, not 25 or 20. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I believe part of it was luck, but part of it was making the decision because I guarantee that even the entrepreneur who started at the age of 40, right. he had probably 55 signs along the way. Hey, do it now. Do it now. Do it now. And they're like, nah, the timing is not right. Oh, I will wait one year so I get a raise right. or something, promotion. And so I believe, because we all know, like, again, I will make fun of it, but we all know the people, oh, I knew about Bitcoin when it was right, about course. $500. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah but, but you didn't take the risk. You right. didn't make the decision. Right, exactly. No? You know, I, that, so, I had that idea, and that guy made a billion dollars. <laughs> and like, okay. So a lot of people probably had the idea to start Amazon. Maybe it wasn't called Amazon, but to do a you know a large e-commerce business. But Bezos did it. That's why he's the richest exactly. guy on the planet. So a lot of it's execution. It's not like things that other people can't do. They just don't do it. They're unwilling to do it. Exactly. This yeah. is why I say that the competition is so little today. Even if in competitive industries, it's right. still, still most entrepreneurs are not productive. Most entrepreneurs are fear having a lot of fears. Most entrepreneurs yeah. are just stressed out. So almost I say people that I entered very unsexy industry. The first business I started was marketing agency, helping e-commerce businesses just sell more stuff. Like it's nothing grandiose innovative idea right but as you said it was about execution it was doing things differently within the business model right. that made me stood out right and you, um, you didn't need capital you didn't need inventory you didn't need to rent an office so it was a good way to yeah. and if you're young and you know technology a lot of people need that kind of help now they don't know what to do exactly. with digital marketing stuff. It's crazy. Exactly. So that's why I started it because I knew I need to start something. Yeah. And biggest thing was commit. You know, a lot of people kind of want it. They're interested in having business, but they are not truly committed. Right. So I made a commitment of three actions I will do every single day. And this is for everybody listening. Whatever the goal is, whether it's financial, whether it's in business, whether it's in health, doesn't really matter. Okay. What are one, two, three things you can commit to do daily to to get closer to your goal? And I decided to do three actions. First, I will send 10 personalized videos to potential customers. Again, making it different. Right. Rather than sending generic email, I was recording 10 videos for 10 different business owners each day. That's Second all. activity, small, like a uh, email type of thing, right? Just like an intro to you and what you do and what you can do. For exactly, that. just three minute, very catching, very good energy, so they can see I'm serious. They could see some small case study. They could see just what we can do for them. But it was like, hey, Mitch, how's it going today? It wasn't generic. I had your website open. Specific to so the business. Very exactly. Good. Okay, good. Exactly. So that was first activity I would do that not only helped me to communicate better over time, yeah. but also it helped me to speak on camera. And also my English is not my first language. Really? So it helped me a lot to improve the language yeah. itself. Well, what you were dealing um, with businesses, though, in, in your country, weren't you? No. No. All U.S., Canada. Oh, okay. I went straight to, to, to your market, basically. Now, what, what made you do that? Because the first, bigger, there's more people that can pay for your services? In a way, I like the idea to having U.S. wage and living in Czech, <laughs> you know, because Czech is different income levels. So that's first. 
And second is I thought, or my idea was that in the US, people are more open to new ideas. They are less skeptical yeah. and they are more hungry uh, to kind of to try things to grow. So that was kind of the justification to go there. Okay. Um, in today's world, uh, you can do that. If it was 40 years ago, you couldn't do that. We weren't connected, right? Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, I would say we are living in a, such a blessed air or blessed times, I'm, but very few people leverage it, I'm, you know? I know. Very few, very, very few people live according to the new era. Like we have internet, you can travel anywhere, you can do right. business internationally. Right. But some people still get stuck right. in the old way of. Oh, doing I was things. on a cruise ship around New Year's, and I told my wife, "Listen, I got to be connected with the office. We got the internet package." Which I think last time we went on the cruise, it was three hundred dollars a day. Now it's like twenty <laughs> bucks. You know, it's gone down. <laughs> so I was able to get my emails and connect and deal with things. And still be enjoy you know enjoy my vacation, which is good when you're a solo kind of kind of preneur. But I think you know I think it's it's we do live in interesting times because all this stuff with the pandemic. I mean, I've connected with you. I've connected with people all over Europe, all around the world who are my friends now. Um, I, that wouldn't have happened if this pandemic happened, and we didn't have the infrastructure, technology wise, that we have now. Right? I mean, Zoom wouldn't have been able to function under the old. Mm -hmm infrastructure of the inf internet we just didn't have yeah. the video capabilities so it just you know it's weird how things kind of come together but look that's how you and i connected so 100 100 so con so co to continue with that so first was 10 videos a day that i committed to second was again i wasn't good at sales and i know if i'm selling a service if you become good at sales that will go a long way yeah. in the business so I dedicate two hours every day to studying business, whether it was practicing in front of mirror, whether it was practicing my script. So I just committed to this. And lastly, I'm a big believer in meditation visualization. So I would visualize 15 minutes each day that I've achieved the initial goal I set for my business. You were always into meditation and since you're younger? Like, is that you or your family's into that? Or No, not at all. It was, again, around those time I just discovered kind of few teachers and then also i saw like every sports team is using it i was yeah. like wow if every sports team is visualizing uh why would i not <laughs> you know right, of course. so so that was a habit i developed around that time yeah. so i put it as a one of the key tasks clear and these tasks i I just committed for 90 days because I believe in 90 days you can produce a lot of changes, yes, uh -huh. but it's not something like in a year. No. You know, it's, it's like... Far down the road. A year is too big of a goal to... It's too much for people. They're like, oh, like people... That's why people do New Year's resolutions and in three weeks they drop the resolution because <laughs> it was too big. And I also think exactly. like, like if you work out, let's say you started going back to the gym and you're getting in shape, you go 90 days and you're going to be in a habit that you're going to you're going to more stick with than than if you just, you know, cuz you drop it really easy. But I look million percent for those things. I think that if you and that's a big commitment, right? 10 videos a day sounds easy to do once. But 90 <laughs> times or let's say the during the week, right? So whatever those 90 days and we're talking what? 6 uh 120 how many weeks was that? 12 weeks? Yeah. yeah, I was doing even Saturday, Sunday, by oh, the well, way. You were so. doing seven days, right? Okay, so 90 days. So that's 900 videos. But the connections that you're going to make, the people that you're going to connect with, the, the practice you're going to get, I think people, they always think like, well, that's that's a good idea. But they don't realize that if they really did that every day, the results are almost inevitable. 100%. Right? Because of the repetitiveness and just sticking yeah. with it and doing it. You probably were so much better 
in you know day 80 than you were in day one doing these things. Right? 100%, 100%, because here's the kicker. I did it for 63 days, so 630 videos later, hundreds of hours of sales. Yeah. And on paper, I had zero results, no clients, no meetings, right. Right. no business. Okay. So everybody was like, I told you, you know, it's right. not going to work. But internally, I knew I'm getting really good at camera. I'm getting really good at sales. I'm getting really good at speaking English and co- in a convincing way. Yeah. And what happened is I just didn't give up. And in the next 27 days, I actually signed five clients and I reached my initial goal of making $10,000 a month. So I went from zero to $10,000 a month in 90 days. Yeah, because people, they don't, they give up too soon. They don't realize that yes. the quality of what you're doing in the last 20 days is so much higher than in the first 70 days because you weren't good at it when you got started. It, it was a learning experience. The people, you might have come across the right people who would have hired you, but not given the quality of what you were doing in day 10, you know, just exactly. like a lawyer. I was a very different person, obviously, 30 years ago when I was practicing. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And and my, let's call it a sales pitch too, lawyers have to sell, everybody has to sell. I think your second point too is something that is generic and everyone should do. Like if you, everyone's afraid of sales, right? Ugh, no one would be a salesman. <laughs> but we all sell. We sell ourselves, we sell what we do. If somebody puts two hours a day, it's between you and me, Vash, if somebody put two hours a week into personal development and sales training, they'd be different people in six, you know, in six weeks or whatever. Hundred percent. Yeah. I tell people this: if you learn how to sell, that's probably one of the best business skill you can master. Hundred And if you learn how to sell, you will never go hungry never. because every single business sells. And if you get really good, you get commission based position, and you will make six figures easy, right. easy right. in any business. Industry you know? collapses for some reason. Nothing to do with you. You can go somewhere else and sell what they have. And, and yeah, those people land. Exactly. Up. Yeah, exactly. So, and plus, even in a relationship, you're selling yourself to potential partners. If, if you have kids, you're selling them on the idea of your way, right? In a way. Yeah. Uh, so, so selling is something that happens basically to every day. And, but very few people know how to communicate. Very few people know how to sell because I know a lot of people are smart. They have great ideas. They're very, very intelligent, but they just can't put the idea across. No, they just, execution is, they're is boring. You know? yeah, execution is definitely a skill that people can develop and it, it keeps people from doing things. So what did you do? I mean, I could see the first week, there's probably a ton of stuff to listen to, read, watch, but then you get out five, six, seven, eight weeks. Are you listening to motivational stuff? Are you listening, you're watching video? What are you doing? What did you do for your two, two hours a lot? You could have done 30 minutes. So two hours <laughs> a lot, what did you do as you got into this thing? Where did all the material come from? Yeah. So for me is this, I tell people I probably read only one book on sales because that's the least quality way to learn sales. There's big difference between learning sales and learning sales. What do I mean by that? You can read books about sales and right. you will learn some techniques, some strategies. Very different game is being in front of mirror, speaking it or being in front of a customer speaking right. Right. or tr- sure. practicing it. Yeah. So I, I chose the three, I believe, most quality ways to learn sales. First is I was basically saying my script in front of a mirror to see my body language to see my t- or hear my tonality yeah. so I can improve. Right. So it was kind of first way. Second, I would do role plays. So I would find friends 
who are into similar things as I do, and I would pretend I'm the client, then they pretend they're the client, right. and we basically role play. Again, massively value. You could read a book, but a very different ballgame if you are actually practicing it. And lastly, which many people don't do, many people are scared to do, I was recording every single sales call, and I would watch it back for hours, almost like a boxer who watches back his match to improve. Right. I would do the same. But a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like my voice. Right. Like, come on. You know? Prove yourself. I didn't like my voice the first time I heard it on, on podcasting. It sounded weird, like listening to your voice and talking in a car. But you get used to it. Did you, did you find that? Like it was, it was uncomfortable at first. And then as you watch more and more, you become more comfortable with what you're doing, right? Hundred percent. I was like, "What are you? What I'm doing with the hands? Why I'm always touching my hair? How? Why I'm repeating the same word fifty-five times? Exactly. So, so because I could observe myself, I could correct. Yeah. I I always give the example. If I'm in the jar, I can't see the label, and the same is here. I like that. If you are not watch, if you can't watch yourself back, you right. don't know that you are using your hand weirdly. That you're touching yourself <laughs> some way, or exactly. you're repeating some word all the time. Yeah. Uh, so it was painful. First few weeks, painful. But I was like, every minute, I would stop it and I would ask myself, how could I say it better? Right. What could I do here differently? Right. And what happened is, again, I believe in the exponential growth that maybe after month two, right. I was getting a little better. Yeah. But then month three and you the, the growth was so quick. Yeah, sure. Because you crossed that threshold, whatever it was. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, doing the podcasting was very difficult for the first, whatever, <laughs> 50 or 60 episodes. And I got to 100. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and it was easy. And now, you know, I do it and I, you know, we all talk and we're all happy and we're not, you know, like worried about being on camera and stuff. And I was always worried about looking at the camera, doing kinds of things. So I moved the camera and I put it on a mic stand. So it's kind of in front of your face. So I can kind of look at the camera, look at you. My eyes move a little bit. But now I'm not like looking at you this way. I re- And I didn't realize yeah. that until I watched the video and said, what the heck am I doing? I'm not even looking at the camera. How do you, you know, because, uh, yeah, it's a skill. People that are on camera all the time for a living they get used to looking at the camera as opposed to looking at the people that they're talking to. Yeah. So it's a, it's a de- yeah. development skill. So, yeah. So you were really, you weren't just learning sales. You were practicing what you were doing. That's the, that's the key difference. And I, I think a lot of people understand it in sports, but they have a hard time understanding it in their business. If I ask like Michael Jordan, like, did you learn basketball by reading books and watching YouTube videos about basketball? <laughs> it would be no, man. I was free four hours every day in the gym yeah. shooting. Of course. So, and the same is here. Same as here. Yeah. The, the least of what he did was play the game. Yeah, he probably did yeah. like 10 times the amount of practice to play one game. I mean, that's what, you know, you're not, you're, people have, and I think some athletes have more natural ability than others. But that doesn't mean that it just they Tom Brady became a good quarterback. Just he, you know, he lived the whole thing. It's it's him. He trained himself. He he watches everything he does, what he eats, how he trains, what he does. That's what makes him as good as as he is. He did have obviously the skills that didn't really come out in college. But I think a lot of people don't realize that they they overlook the yeah. fact that practice is in, important and you know being ready. Yeah. You know. And I think it's just an excuse from changing. You know, a lot of people make excuses like, oh, he's just talented. That gives them the permission to not change, right. you know. But if if you look three years ago at me, 
I was this guy who was so insecure to speak in front of camera. I had so many fears of rejection of my English, what other people will think of me. But I truly believe you can reinvent yourself over and over again. 100%. And you can truly become anyone. Like I believe life is like the virtual game. Like You can choose to be anyone. Yep. The only question is, who do you want to be? Yeah. And, and as you probably practice more and more, you became more comfortable, realized it wasn't so scary, and you became more exactly. confident. And I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people don't, you know, you're right. They're just afraid, you know, to go down that road. But I always tell people go and there's this organization in the United States called Toastmasters. It's a mm -hmm. public, I don't know, I mean, actually it's probably international. They probably have chapters. Yeah, I know them. I know yeah, them. Yeah. So I tell people, go, you know, if you're that uncomfortable, you want to practice what you do, go join Toastmasters. It's, it's, that's what you do. You practice, you see other people, you comment on them, you watch them, they watch you and help you to develop skills because what you don't want to do is practice on the people that you're trying to make money from and make them your customers. You know, I mean, you did, you had to practice at the beginning, right? So you're prospecting people <laughs> at the same time, but I'm sure the impact that it had with the first video, do you ever go back and like, look at the first video you ever did after all these yeah, years, uh, you're like a different person, right? I don't recognize him. And as you said, I was pro doing role play. So that was kind of the stimulation, you know, almost like a game I was role playing, which gave me more confidence, which gave me more preparation. So when actual sales call happened with a client, I was much ready. I was much more kind of, I was stronger right. to kind of handle objections to handle anything they come up with. Right. Well, a lot of it has to do with nerves, right? Because it totally clogs up your mind. If you're not, if you're comfortable yeah. with what you're doing, you're confident, you hear what they have to say. You actually hear the question because you can answer it. It's just usually half the time people are just like they're they're in their head. You know, you ever when when you first get up to public speak, you you like hear yourself and you hear everything in your head and you don't really listen to what you're doing or pay attention to the audience or anything like that because you're so like shaking. You know, and I used to do that in high school. I was involved with uh, with a lot of the youth groups in in, in high school. Mm -hmm. And when I rose up in the ranks and I became president of the state region. I remember it was very nervous, but after a while, standing up in front of, you know, three or 400 kids to speak wasn't, I just got used to it. And then when I get to college, I had friends that were just, they didn't even want to talk in front of the class. And there was 20 people in the class. I'm like, why, you know, why? So it was very foreign to me. But I think if you do that when you're young, so, so do you find, um, when you're coaching, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but when you're coaching, mm -hmm. some of it obviously is getting people to right out of their shell to develop and so forth. Are people like reluctant? Are they, you find that the older people are more uncomfortable than the younger people or not necessarily? Yeah. Before I even give them action, which could be scary to many people because change from oh, evolution scary. is always scary right. thing. Yeah. You know, like, so I first find a reason that drives them forward because all of us have some leverage points in our lives. Then if I push, you will do whatever it takes. Um, okay. And a lot of people don't know. So if you told me at the age of 20, start marketing agency, I would give you 150 reasons why it's not a good idea. Right. Once I saw the miserable other employees that couldn't provide for their families, you could tell me start marketing agency, I would be all in. Right. Because all of a sudden I had some fire. I had some bigger motivation, we could say. And that's what I'm helping people. Before I give them action step, I find out what is their leverage point. Maybe it's their family. Maybe it's they want to maximize their potential. Right. Maybe they want to don't want to waste their life away. Whatever it is, right. everybody has right. something, right? 
Yeah. yeah. And if I press it, then making a change doesn't seem like such a scary thing because they already discovered the motivation that makes it happen. Yeah. Do you, do you know the story of the, of the two islands? I learned this when I was doing sales training. So when I get out of law school, I felt just like you did. I was whatever, 24, 25. I didn't have any sales skills. They don't teach you that in law school. But my father was in the insurance business all of his life. And I went to all these sales conferences. and said, So I said, I'm going to learn how to you know, sell. And one of the mm-hmm. things I learned about was this story of the two islands. So you get this customer, right? And they're on their little island and the beach is nice and they're playing volleyball and the sun is everything. And you come with all of your reports and everything and you're trying to tell them how your island is much better than their island. But their island is what they know and they're comfortable and, you know, people don't like change because they don't, you know, regardless of what you're saying, they're like, well, how much better could it be? I mean, it's fine here. And they don't make the change. But then if the next person comes behind you and says, listen, I'm a seismologist and we've discovered that there is a volcano under your island and it's slowly building up and it's going to erupt in the next two weeks and there won't be an island. You're going to drown. Your whole family's going to die. But we do have an alternative over here that you're much more likely to be hmm. at least listen to what the other island's about, just in case what I'm telling you is correct. So you just whatever it is, you want to get off the island, you don't care where you're going at that point. But I think that's really important. People have to learn what their pain point is, because if not, they're not going to stick with it, right? Yeah, Hunter, great, great example, because somebody might be driven what other people think of them, right? So some people make some purchases yeah. just because they want to keep up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. You know? Uh, some people are more driven by just being unique. Some people are driven by being the best. Some people are driven by providing for their family. Yeah. So all of us are driven a little bit differently. So what I do in my coaching is I first discover the primary motivation or primary dri- driver for that person. So then I can basically use it to help them make a change that is sustainable, not that they get pumped up. Uh, like at New Year's Eve and three weeks later, they go back to the old self. Right. They're like, that's a great idea. And then they don't do it. Yeah. Exactly. So, and what was the third thing that you said that you do? The, the third? Uh, that was v- visualization. Oh, right. Got it. Right, right, right. Meditation. Now, there was something I read in your bio. Um, and then we're at 30 minutes. So we're going to take a commercial break in a minute. We're going to come back. But I want you to tell me when we come back from commercial, you did some sort of a like a seven day meditation in the dark with no food yeah all right we'll talk about that in a minute okay (laughs) sounds good (laughs) here's a word from our sponsors looking to market and grow your business or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running a weber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business from maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly tab board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, tab membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. 
all packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at Tab invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, so we're back. Uh, if anybody's listening, by the way, I think the link to our guesting kit is not working, but we got to fix that. And I also discovered, Vash, that if you don't click go live on LinkedIn, we don't go live. So we'll be picking up the second half of the show on LinkedIn, and we're live <laughs> on uh, YouTube and Facebook, too. So you'll live and learn. Um, all right, so we were talking before about all this great – this is a great conversation, by the way, because the stuff that you're doing and the stuff that you're teaching people as a young person – like if I discovered those things and made those commitments when I was 25, yeah, I'd be in a different place at 56, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, so people should learn from that. So let's talk about mm -hmm. the third thing you said about self-development or self-personal reflection and meditation. But tell me about this crazy thing that you did. Yeah, so I love to be the guy who walks the path. So when I teach something, I don't want to be the guy that doesn't do it. I want to be the guy who basically do it to the extreme so then he can bring the lessons to the people he's with. So I coach all the thousand people I currently coach uh, meditate. Mm -hmm. I recommend people 15 minutes in the morning minimum to calm the mind and to kind of get, get ready for the day and just start strong. And just close, so I decided, just close your eyes and just put everything aside and clear your mind. Is that what you're doing at meditation? Yeah. So basically to start with, we all do just focus on the breath. Your mind get distracted three seconds later about lunch. You bring yeah. it back. You get distracted by what you didn't do yesterday. You bring it back. So the whole point is to build a skill of being more focused because nowadays we are so distracted by notification, by social media. Yeah. Um, and as a result, people are not as effective at work as they could be. Yeah. So just the benefit of this is amazing. But once they get calmer and calmer, all of a sudden the mind is not as distracted as at the beginning. I will use the visualization so they might visualize achievement of their goal. They might visualize it in speaking on stage confidently. They might visualize being on a sales call right. and closing it with confidence, right. which has a tremendous impact then on their skill, yeah, on their sports, performance. Right? Professional athletes do that all the time, visualizing, making the shot, swinging the golf club, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I recommend. So it's half meditation, half visualization. Uh and so I wanted to take it to the next level because I truly believe when we are in meditation, a lot of new ideas come. Plus, I've never been more than 24 hours away from my business. So let me try seven days with no devices. Okay. So there are special places also in the US, but in the Czech Republic as well, where basically the room is specifically designed that there is no light. Literally, you can't say, uh, see your hand when it's in front of your face. And I spent there seven days. And I wanted to take it to Seven days, extreme. Four hours a day, or no? You would do a, a day and you'd stop. No, that's a whole seven days okay. straight. 
No food. So no devices, no light. No light and devices. How about food? No food. I decided to do it fasted. So you fasted for a so, week? It's, yeah, I did healthy? just water. Yeah. yeah. It cleanses the body. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so... So yeah, it was life-changing experience. It's hard to put in words because until you experience it, it's hard to explain. Yeah. But basically, I had a lot of ideas that came to me, a lot of things I finally had the time to digest because we are bombarded with information. We read books, podcasts, audiobooks, oh, news, whatever it is. Nuts. And we don't have enough time to digest it anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, so the week allowed me to digest and I started coming with new coaching principles and people then came to me. I, I read the same books as you did. How come I didn't read these principles there? I said, because they weren't in the book. It's something that started to come in my mind. Oh, let's use this four-step framework or this, this, this. And so did you make I came in the dark? I mean, how did you write? Yeah, you just do it with a finger. So you write and then you kind of... The handwriting was awful, but yeah, I did the whole notebook was filled with notes. Okay. Uh, so it was it was incredible experience. I just realized what a gift we live because now like so many senses, so many beauty in this world um, to experience. So it's like a Disneyland. So I just realized what a gift this is. So I started to appreciate more things. And also I had a big moment because I realized on paper, I lived incredible life last year. I traveled 25 countries. I built amazing businesses, amazing connections. But I realized that in reality, I wasn't living that great life, that I was on vacation A thinking about work, vacation right. B thinking about vacation C, right. being with friend A thinking about friend B. So I was never in the moment to truly enjoy the dinner, enjoy the sunset, enjoy the conversation. And that's a big lesson I took away that whatever I now do, I am in the moment. I am living it as it was the last moment I had. And that just creates this this happiness, this joy in myself. Were you really hungry after seven days? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't just start you eating like, you, like normally. You probably have to, your whole body. Yeah, I, f first few days you have just bone broth, you know, these more liquid food or soups. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have to say I, I cleanse a lot that I had more energy. I... I just felt better in my body. So, yeah, I never done more than two days fast before. So I wasn't training for it. And I believe anybody can do it, honestly. And you just had water, just drank fresh water. Yeah, just water all day. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there was a bathroom in the room. So because eventually. Yeah. Go yeah. 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 How did you do that in the dark? <laughs> yeah it's like you have nothing to do anyway. So you're just kind of holding to the wall. And yeah. So this is like a like a meditation place like you would go and like rent. like i spoke to the owner uh -huh. uh, and they had already hundreds and hundreds of people and i was so surprised that many of these people were burnout entrepreneurs who never meditated or people who just wanted to finally take time off because now you're so bombarded and honestly for the first time in my life after childhood of course i experienced this moment that nothing is in my calendar I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to rush anything. I could just be with myself. I could just kind of do whatever I wanted, you know? 
And it was so liberating. And a lot of people just came out of it from big smile because they realize a lot of things in, in their life. They finally have time to kind of put it all together, what they want next, what is important to them, right. all of these good things. Well, they didn't do seven days, did they? Hmm? They all did seven days? Uh, the thing is, you can do also, like let's say, three days darkness, four days on light. So yeah. you can open it. So these people might do, let's say, three days darkness, and then four days they have it more like a retreat when they go on walks, they come back, but still no devices. Yeah, well, um, nice and just them. Yeah. I, yeah, I find that it's better to just turn your phone off at night, or you know, people just sit there with it by their desk or by their nightstand, and then the bu- phone buzzes or they think of things and they want to look, and next thing you know, they're flipping through the you know whatever the TikTok or whatever the YouTube. Or whatever. <laughs> You know, and you get, you get, I mean, look, you, you and I both know these things are designed to make you keep watching. That's what they want you to do. So you got to put it, put it aside, but not, the world's not going to stop. If you don't know what the news is, news is bad too. You just stay away from news. Yeah. I haven't watched news probably six years and my life is good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm fine. And I think I'm way happier. You're probably much happier. There's nothing happy about it. Nobody wants to put happiness on the news. You know, they're like, oh, today was great. Nobody died, and it's a wonderful day. Have a nice time. We'll see you tomorrow. And you, you don't yeah. and we want to sensationalize things. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. You, you started your marketing agency. What was the second business I wanted to ask you that you started? Yeah, so that's called Manchapreneur. And again, it oh, came as an accident. One? Okay. Yeah, that's the second one. And basically what happened is as I started to get – give or got uh, in my industry quite rapid success in my age and stuff like that. A lot of people started coming to me, hey, what did you do? Could you coach me? So I started kind of giving consultations. And what I realized, Mitch, that 90% of the time, it wasn't lack of strategy. They didn't know how to send email. They didn't know how to sell. They didn't know these things. It was like 90% of the time, it was some mindset issue, what I call. It was either they were fearful to make a decision, they were procrastinating on key decisions, they couldn't handle their emotions, these kind of more internal problems. So I started coaching them on it. And all of a sudden, they, boom, grew their businesses. They got happier. The case studies were amazing. You made them accountable. People can't get out of their own way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so they started getting success. So I partnered up with my a really good friend who was also coaching mindset back then. And we created Manchapreneur, which is mindset and entrepreneur together. That's why the word is Manchapreneur. And we've now coached over a thousand people in the last two years from in-person events to online coaching, group coaching, one-on-one coaching, uh, company coaching. We do all of it. And it's been a big passion of mine. Okay, so I didn't realize that was the second thing you started doing because of what you were doing to be successful in the first business. But I do know you have, don't you also have a software business or you had a software yeah. business? Yeah, year, year, year and a half ago, I also created a software problem because in the agency there was, a, or in the space of marketing was created a big problem by Apple when they introduced some iOS 14 update, which basically means apps uh, ask you if you want to be tracked or not, which makes few few uh, quite mess in the marketing space yeah. so i created a software that tackles that um and basically that's in the process of selling right now as i want to kind of give it somebody who have more attention on it or more kind of resources to grow it even further so you develop the concept and the software 
Now you're selling yeah. the company. It, it was seven full-time coders on it like, for a year and a half. Okay. But it, it complemented your marketing business, really. Exactly. That yes. That's that, like, I believe business is just solving problems. So it's just problem arise. So I created a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Oh, okay. So anything, uh, you, you got any, you know, other ideas that came out of your seven day mm-hmm. darkness, starve yourself experience? Yeah. There are so many because I believe a lot of time we use logic. So we have pen and paper and we try to improve the business. And usually the ideas are 10% improvements, you know, maybe make this call, yeah. maybe change the strategy. But what happened in the darkness, these ideas, I never thought about them. These were the 10x, 100x ideas. So I came from the darkness, I went to my notebook and I just started making those decisions that 10x my business. So I truly, I'm big fan, doesn't need to be darkness, but I'm big fan at least once a quarter, rent a nice Airbnb in nature, Friday till Sunday, no phone, no devices, just think and just spend it. Yeah, thinking. Yeah, just think. I think a lot of people don't take the time. It's like you said, the world is begging you to think about whatever it is that they want you to think about. Like everyone's telling you what to think about. You're not thinking about things on your own. Everyone else is thinking. Think about this. Hey, what about this story? What about my product? We want to tell you this. Our service, this and that, and emails, and I mean, it's just nuts. It's yeah. nuts, but you're right. You have to be, you have to take the initiative yourself, right? To quiet the yeah. noise and to get away from it. Nobody's going to help you get away from it on your own. I like guess it's, it's not going to get better. <laughs> I don't believe, you know, you have more apps, more devices, more notifications than ever. So it's not going to get better unless you make it a decision. For example, I have two phones. Until lunch, I have one phone, which has only alarm clock, meditation, and music. That's it. So basically, nobody can call me, no notifications, no distractions. Till noon. No, nothing. Okay. All I do is six hours of deep work to push the businesses. And I know with this laser focus, with no notifications, I get done more in a day right. than most people do in a week. Oh, for 100 And then yeah. afternoon are dedicated to calls. Uh, I will check emails, all of these things. But almost I'm making sure that I'm the guy who is protecting his time. I'm the guy who protects his focus. So I'm using two phones, for example. Also, I don't have any notifications. So I'm the guy who replies when I want, not when you want, in a way. Right, I know, I know. Some uh, some attorneys feel like they got to respond every two seconds every time a client needs them. Like, you know, you control your time. I, I only see new clients certain days. Mondays are generally for marketing and bookkeeping and ideas. Fridays, I record podcasts, except for the live show. And and I don't really do much of anything else. I mean, it took me a while to come to that, like, comfort. It's really a comfort, comfortable thing because you think, yeah. oh, my God, I'm missing business. Clients need me. My world's going to fall apart. That you control <laughs> your, your schedule. Like, that's a conscious decision. 100%. 100%. We are the guys. If you're using scheduling software, you are the guy who is yeah. opening the hours. Right. That's what I love about scheduling software. You can pick. If I send you a link, that link only allows you to book Thursday between 10 and 2 or something like that. You don't know that it's not available. You don't know how busy I am the rest of the time. And, yeah, that's what I like about the calendar program that I use. Because when I discovered that, that was, by the way, a big get-your-life-back type of thing. I discovered that during the pandemic. And, you know, you try and schedule meetings with people, and you're back and forth. What do you think of this, Vash? Are you available then? Oh, I'm available Tuesday. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. How about Wednesday at 3 o'clock? Now, Wednesday at 3 o'clock does work. Does Thursday morning work? 
If instead I said, Vashir, if this date doesn't work for you, here's a link to my calendar. I got like three or four hours a week back just that yeah. I've been trying to schedule meetings. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But those are tricks that people have to, you have to learn. But I, I think that the biggest problem people have is that they are, what's the word? So caught up in the fires that they put out. Like they walk into their office and maybe they even have like a little list of the things they have to do for the day. You know, these people, they're some of them probably your clients and five o'clock comes and they haven't done any of them. Exactly. Cause the world that's by the throat and said, this is what we want yeah. you to do today. And you should say no. I call these guys maintenance guys. They're maintaining the business, which is great, which is very important to maintain it, but you're not going to grow it. If right. you're always like only replying to clients, not having any space for new projects that will 5x, 10x the business. Yeah. So to me, that's why everybody I coach is basically is pushing the limit. Maybe now they have one hour in the morning just for projects. Maybe then they get used to it. They push it to two hours. And almost I'm pushing it more and more because they realize, okay, the email can wait until Right, March. it can wait. The, the, somebody you know, can and, deal with it, right? Let's exactly. So, so yeah. all these people get assistance, and if something is fire, they will get a phone call. So they know, okay, if it's phone call from this number, okay, it's a fire. Let me take it. But right. unless the phone is not ringing, they know, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I can focus on the project. Yeah, yeah. You know, the only people that need to put out fires immediately are firefighters. <laughs> yes. People that do that for a living, and they know the building's <laughs> going to burn down. They don't go and put out the fire. But even that, the chief is not going into the building. He's telling people what to do, and he's coordinating everything, and he's going back and doing his paperwork. So it's it's – it's not that far off, but uh, I, I got to tell you something. I, this is not to compliment you or you know give you a big head or whatever. I'm sure you're very confident, but you have more insight. I I have interviewed. I've been doing this 31 years, right? I've in the last four years interviewed 300 plus business owners and people that work in the small business space. I think you have more insight to things that I try and get across to people than anybody that I, that I've met. Certainly at your age, right? Okay. I mean, I made people that are 40 or 50. It took them 20 years to come to that conclusion of the things that you have to do. And I think that somebody taught me years ago, and I think this was a speech like from the 20s, that successful people do the things that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. There was nothing that you did when you got started at 22, which, by the way, people listening was only three years ago, but – it was anything that nobody else could do. It wasn't something unique that other people couldn't no. do, right? They can make the commitment to do the videos and to do the, you know, to do the personal development and to do the meditation, which I think is, is huge when it comes to clearing your head. I do the same thing, but they don't do it. Like you said, they just don't do it. They're just, you know, somebody's dragging them by the collar and saying, here, you're going to live life the way we want you to live life, not the way you yeah. want to live life. And yeah. then you look back when you're my age or 70 and you're like, well, where did it all go? And hopefully yeah. you have some, you know, good memories or whatever. But if you do it from the beginning, yeah. people do what you say when they're 25, they're going to have a totally different life than, you know. 100%. Like, yeah. 100%. First of all, thank you for the kind words. It really means a lot. And I, the whole message of me is I wasn't born rich. I wasn't born in entrepreneurial family. I wasn't right. born speaking incredible English. I had everything stacked right. to go every and achieve reason, what I've done. Right, every reason why you exactly. wouldn't be successful, right? Yeah. 
Exactly. So my whole message is if I could do it, you can do it too. And you might look, oh, he's only 25. I wish I knew it. But I guarantee there is a person who is 10 years older than you who might say the same about you. Right. So it's almost, I can say, oh, that guy is 17. I wish I started seven. Everybody can can say say that. that. Yeah. Uh, But it's about not... Like when you start, it's like, are you going to start today or are you going to postpone it another year? Right. Yeah. Because the more you do it and the quicker you do it, the more results you're going to get. It doesn't matter whether you're my age, 55 or you're 25. It's just, you know, you're right. Exactly. 70 go, well, I wish I was your age. I'd have a lot of time. Exactly. I wish I was 40. I said it before. Yeah. And help me out on it. I said it before. If I was 20, if I knew what I knew when I was your age, I'd be in a different place. But I, I obviously I learned a lot of stuff. I did went through the process. But when I was twenty five, I didn't have the insight that you did. I just yeah. didn't get it. And I had a father who was in sales and in marketing, and he would always put things on my bed to read and so forth. Didn't get through to me for a long time, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I I believe life is a journey. A lot of people say, "What do you regret?" I say nothing, you know, because life is a journey, and it happened exactly as it's supposed to happen. And let's just say, even. What nobody knows, but what if you live till 110? You're just halfway through, man. Like you have so much in front of you. So, so many people like use the age as a crutch or as almost like, oh my goodness. But man, you don't know if you have a year left or 50 years left. Nobody knows that. Right. But what if you live your life to your best abilities today? You will just depart this world like a happy man because you know I left everything on the table. I used every opportunity I had and everything that was presented to myself, I just did my best. Yeah. No, I think that's good advice and it's a good way to kind of wrap up our discussion. So... I appreciate you coming on. I know it's like dinner time by you, but you don't eat anything apparently. So, and so I'm in the Czech Republic. You said you live in Prague, right? Which we said is a beautiful city. I will definitely get yes. there and uh, hmm. have dinner face to face at some. Amazing, so, Vash. I can't thank you enough. I'm gonna play the closing credits and uh, just stick around for a little bit. Hundred percent. Thank you so much, Mitch, for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.